Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 13 of the podcast. We're back again. I'm joined by Brownie and Solly for this one. So without further ado, let's get into it. I know uh, a lot of you have been asking on Facebook and Twitter where we've been since November and obviously since the end of the World Cup. To put things bluntly, it's been quite a a few weeks for me personally. Um, Yeah, I was out with some friends watching the World Cup final on the Sunday when I got a call from my missus saying that she was on her way to hospital with my son. Uh, they were both admitted and ended up spending Christmas on Ward 8 at RPH, which certainly wasn't how we envisaged spending our first Christmas as a family, but yeah, it is what it is on that front. And then on the on the 19th, my granddad had a pretty severe stroke at home. He'd moved in with my mum and dad, I think in August last year, um, and my dad found him in his room. And sadly, he passed away on December the 27th, which was incidentally the same day that Finley was discharged from hospital. So yeah, Finn's back home now. Uh, he has a feeding tube in his nose, but he's on the mend and hopefully in, in the next few months um, that'll that'll come out. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of learning done for, for me and my missus and our families. But yeah, it's, um, it's the right thing for him for now. So hopefully... That does the trick. And yeah, then on the 17th of January, uh, we buried my granddad. And as far as funerals go, it was a pretty nice send-off for him. Uh, his North End shirt was on his coffin as well, something that I know he'd have been proud of. And without him, I wouldn't be a North End fan myself. So thank you, granddad. Yeah, anyway, on to the pod. This episode will probably be a little bit different to usual because there's, as you might imagine, a lot to catch up on. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Neil Meller. The last player to get an assist the last time we played Tottenham Hotspur in the Cup. So, yeah, enjoy. Boys, it's good to have you back on my screen, and I'm sure for some of our listeners it'll be good to hear your dulcet tones again. Uh, Brownie, how have you been? Been good, mate, yeah. Yeah. Good. A quiet January, but getting ready to the all properly kicks off again in the end of this month, doesn't it? Yeah. Dry jam, fitness, all that out the window. As soon as, it, as payday it's done it. <laughs> Solly, you've become quite the podcast whore of late, haven't you? I know, crikey. How are you? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm okay. I mean, as of right now, mixed emotions. Uh, quite emotional, uh, for one. It's been a long time. I know. Um, since Too I've, long, uh, some may say. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it has been a long time. It's good to be back. I'm sure that's... Um, that's um, I'm sure we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, excited because, you know, it's been a while. Um, and yeah, 
I'm in good form. I'm, um... I, I need to thank you, actually. You thank me. Yeah, for um, doing that bit for the Last Word on Spurs podcast because you saved me a job last night. Yeah, yeah well, um, I don't normally do those. Um, I, don't I did think when the guy messaged me to say um, that you'd done it, I was like, yeah. oh. That's... Well, well, as you can imagine, I'm actually unundated with, uh, <laughs> with requests from other podcasts trying to get me on to uh, talk about North End. But um, I wasn't going to do it and then clicked on the profile and saw that Wayne Mardle... Uh, the dark, well, the ex-player and now commentator, um, he follows it. And I quite enjoyed the idea of Wayne Mardle listening to my opinion um, on a football match. So I thought, let's turn the tables on Wayne and let's do it. Because I've spent copious hours <laughs> listening to Mardle about darts. Let's, um, let's, yeah, let's turn the tables. So give I him, did it. Give him five minutes of your... Five yeah. Lancashire accent. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to go and listen, it was one take of me just rambling on for the, uh, the best part of half a dozen minutes. Uh, talk about North End. Talk about where they can get a decent pint in Preston. They didn't ask for that. Uh, they just <laughs> wanted to know tactics. What um, did you, where, who did you who did you plug? What, well, what? I endorsed the Black Horse. Maybe. Oh, very nice. It's, it's, yeah, I like him there. In my opinion, it's the best part of Guinness in in town. So I said, make sure you enjoy your day. And it, of course, ended it and said, um, enjoy your day by all means. But let's hope you're going home having been dumped out of the FA Cup. I like it. I like it a lot. There's, there was a lot more to that than I could have ever anticipated as well. Well, yeah, I mean, really, there's not a great deal to it. I just recorded some audio and sent it on. But I literally <laughs> thought that that would have been what you would have said, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, boys, I know you were both at St Andrews, so we'll start there. Give me give me your takes on on Saturday. Well, it was a bit weird. It's a bit of a weird day. The atmosphere was really odd. <clears throat> Obviously, I think there was there's a lot had gone on in the week for us off the field. And obviously, I mean, they they went on and protested in the end. So off the field for them was quite similar. And I just felt it was two teams that were kind of a little bit subdued or the fans were a little bit um, not with it, really. It's kind of summed it up at half time. I didn't even have any music on or anything. It was just very, it was it was proper dead, the whole place. Um, and it was probably, I don't remember wasn't really an away day to shout about, I must admit. But on the field, we got the job done. Um, got the job done early doors, really. And as soon as we went 2-0 up, and I know we did concede, but really, they didn't really offer much other than, you know, lots of balls into the box, which mainly, as a team, we're pretty good at dealing with, aren't we? Yeah, I just echo those thoughts from Brownie, really. I thought it was. It was a particularly odd atmosphere. Uh, obviously, uh, Brum are going through turmoil. They want their owners out, and it was quite a half-hearted attempt at a protest. You had a couple of people running on the pitch, and you had some yobs um, yodeling at the owners to go uh, with a banner. Uh, but other than that, it was not uh, even. Was... Would you not even say they were showing us how to do a protest properly? <laughs> um, no, it was um, it was poor. I'll be honest, um, but. You can you can understand why they are protesting. They were about as as poor as you'd um, tend to play at this level. 
Um, and, and yeah, like Brownie said, we got the job done, scored two early goals, uh, killed what sort of um, atmosphere there might have been early doors. And then it just turned to resentment, really, from there for them. I spoke about it to George the other day. I said, had um, had Woodburn played in uh, Troy Parrott, um, and had he scored, it would have been it would have been the perfect performance. Really, you get the job done early, kill the game second half, and you sort of partying. But um, yeah, they scored. It made for a, a relatively tense affair where where all the North End supporters uh, in the ground <laughs> tended to care about the result of the match. The home fans were were um, preoccupied elsewhere, but um, yeah, we got the job done. It was a good win. It was nice to wake up the morning after with a win, um, and everything just sort of felt a little bit, I don't know, a bit a bit more, uh, just better really. You have a hangover as well. Well, um, not really, to be honest. Uh, Adam spoke about dry jam earlier on. I'm doing a moist jam. I won't go as far to say dry jam. Um, but um, I reckon it's one of my driest jams on record, actually, since turning sort of 16. Hell, sorry. Um, I, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I've laughed over a lot of you there. I'm going to show you. Right. Um, I'm trying to lose some weight. So um, I've been sort of off the pints. I had a few pints on New Year's Day and then sort of thought to myself, Right, that's time now. And then I had my first pint since New Year's Day um, in Birmingham. So I've been doing like I've been drinking shorts a lot. I'm not a big I'm not a big like um, shorts man because it tends to give me heartburn. But um, I've discovered Nexium, which is <laughs> crikey! I tell you what, if only we had that when we were kids. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been sort of doing that. So. Uh, to go back to your original question, you should have told you know, the Spurs fans about that as well. <laughs> yeah, got on the Nexium train, lads. What um, is Nexium? Is it a shot? No, 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 no. It's a tablet that sort of um, oh, that soothes your heart. Right, uh, but make sure you take it before you start drinking. It's pointless doing it during. But right. um, yeah, um, I, I went on the train. I had a few of them um, G and T's. Uh, um, uh, ready mix on the way home, the other pink gin and tonic in cans. Uh, I had a few of them, and then went into Angel for in town, and then and then retreated home for the boxing. Very sounds very civil by your standards. Absolutely. It's like I said, it's tender, isn't it? It's moist jam. <laughs> well, yeah. You can't go help a lever and get wet through, can you? <laughs> it felt to me like the kind of game that just thought we would win. If that makes sense, I don't know if you boys felt the same, but I did. It was weird. Um, I spoke to quite a few people, and I had this real optimistic um, opinion of it. I just thought we'd go there and win. Our record there is great as well in recent years. I think we've, I think we've only lost one in in eight, maybe, um, which is really impressive. And obviously, with all the turmoil, turmoil going on there, and obviously the. You know, roller coaster of a week uh, that North End had endured. It was um, it was typical, typical North End to go there and win. Um, I was talking to a few Birmingham supporters in the pub before the game, actually, um, and they said that um, it was their first three pm kickoff on a Saturday since October. Um, and I said to him that that says more about us than it does about you boys. Um, we're 
were one of those boring teams on the planet. Uh, but obviously the World Cup <laughs> sort of skews that, doesn't it? But, yeah. Um, yeah. He just had the feel of a North End win all day, I thought. I don't know about Brownie. Brownie might, might have thought differently. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I wasn't really... I, don't, I think the week before was so bad that it was kind of a little bit like, well, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest, because the Norwich game was was pretty poor, let's be honest. Um, but I think I think it's one of those situations where there's so much going on off the club at Birmingham. If you get that early goal, you know, you're pretty much, you're pretty much there, aren't you, really? Because, you know, their heads go down. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of booing or anything. It was a very odd, it, like I say, go back to the atmosphere. It was very, until the protest kicked off, there wasn't a lot of upset, you know, compared to what it was when we went, you know, 3-0 down at, at home. You know, everyone, town end was ready to jump on the pitch pretty much. So I don't know whether their fans are just sick of it or, or what. I don't know. But but yeah, I think I think once we got that early goal, I was a lot more confident then. Um, I think we set up as a way, like, to counter attack, we've got the two lads up front now. We're pretty fast, pretty pretty direct to strikers, which works in our favour, I think, especially away from home because we've got that pace on the counter. And I think in the second half, we've been a little bit better with the ball. I think we were kind of aimlessly hitting it forward, whereas if we actually were a little bit more, I don't know, if we had a Whiteman or something like that, it could pick a pass a bit better. I think we probably would have gone away and got and got more than two, to be honest. I agree. I thought you were crying out for Johnson uh, about a quarter of an hour earlier. Well, actually, I'd have started him uh, really uh, over Woodburn, but that's a that's a different debate altogether. Um, yeah, I, we missed that I composure agree. in midfield, yeah. didn't we, to get yeah. all of it? Because I think Ledson, you know, he offers what he offers, but composure isn't isn't one of them, is it? No. So, like, I think I think we probably needed someone to just get that foot on the ball and, and see it out properly. I've never since I think it was George that mentioned it in the group chat. And ever since he's mentioned it, I've never been able to look at lads in any other way. He just he looks like a boxer prancing around a boxing ring, doesn't he, when he runs? Well, that's one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> if you watch the highlights of the Norwich game, you'll see him. Uh, he looked like an ice cream van at parts. He looked like uh, a, a milk cart. Um, he just looks incredibly slow to me. Yeah, I, I think I beat it... him in a foot race. I think it's more his, his his style as opposed to his speed and just the way that he runs around. But yeah, he's he's not he's not particularly rapid, is he? Um, but it was a good finish. Yeah, really good finish. A good strike. Arrived arrived late. Yeah, can't go wrong. He he caught it about as sweetly as he could have hoped. Um, yeah, really good finish. Kudos. It's just a shame one of the two up front. Didn't get a goal in it, you know. Longer it goes on, I mean, the Norwich game, they both had a chance, didn't they? You just hate for it to go on a little bit too long. Um, you know, like Archer at the ground running, didn't he, when he came? Straight off the bench and scored, so... That was probably the best thing for him, that, wasn't it? Yeah, and with Cannon, especially with it being his first loan, you can... you can Your heads can go down, can't it? But I hope he gets up and running soon. It, I, I've been impressed with both of them up front, to be fair. I think, they've, I think they're, they're offering, or they're going to offer... Um, gonna offer something towards the end of the season, definitely. They've been uh, they've been the shining light of the last couple of weeks, haven't they? We go yes. back go back to that Norwich game, and yeah, there wasn't much to remember from that, but they were they were two positives, definitely. He can play Cardi Cannon on Saturday. 
a elapsed cup tied, uh, what a sort of um, what a start to his career that'd be if he scored the winner against Spurs. It'd go down in um, it's not just North End folklore, but FA Cup folklore. Pirates uh, not going to be able to play either, is he? No, looks it's a bit slow, Parrot, when he came on. Um, I know he's not the type of striker to put in behind, but he looks a little bit and understandably not up to full speed. So, yeah, he probably could have done with with that game. He could have done with another game, couldn't he, at the weekend? But I suppose he'll probably start on the bench the next league game, won't he? I can't imagine him starting anytime soon. Yeah, 10 minutes against Brum, was it? And then probably similar against Norwich. Um, like you said, he probably could have done with it to maybe get 20, 30 minutes off the bench as opposed to 10 minutes, but won't do him any harm having a, having another week of of rest. Um, is it is it a ruling or something that he can't play? Or, I've seen people online saying that it's an FA ruling that he can't play as opposed to the fact that it's just his parent the, club. I presume it's just something in the contracts and that he can't play against his parent club. I don't know. Um, yeah, so now we are going to talk about the Spurs game and we are joined by Neil Miller, uh, who got an assist the last time we played Tottenham in the Cup. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? All right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, not a problem. Not a problem. Um, yeah, you got you got an assist the last time we played Tottenham. Um <clears throat> Alan Irvine in charge. I think you scored the game before and the game after that as well. Um, Can I be honest? I, I only found that out by Googling it and reading the match report. I had no idea I got an assist. And then I thought, okay, well, where did that game come in terms of our season? And then I looked, and like you said, we played Coventry at home. I, rem- I remember that game because I played well and scored a decent goal. And then the game af- after was Leicester away. And again, that was a decent result. We, we beat them. I remember scoring and setting Chappie up for a goal. So I played well in between those games. But for whatever reason, Irvine put me on the bench for Spurs in the Cup. So, um, yeah, I came off the bench with 10 minutes to go, it says. And I got an assist. Cannot remember it at all. Do you know what I remember? Walking off the pitch, talking to Crouchy and Defoe. That's all I remember about that game. Obviously, 5-1. You don't, the less to remember, the better about that one. Yeah, yeah we were just talking about it, weren't we, Jake? Yeah. We were talking about what a great assist it were. <laughs> we all we all recall it uh, like it was yesterday. It's an incredible yeah. pass into Chris Brown, and and obviously Brownie did the rest. Well, well, I'm hoping if it's on telly that they'll actually show the goals from from that game, and um, I'd be able to see what how good an assist it was or how bad it was. No, it was actually it was actually decent. It was a nice little ball across the box to Brownie at the back post. Um, be interested to know whether Brownie remembers the goal. I'm sure he does. Well, well, what did that make it? 3-1, 4-1? So it didn't really matter. Yeah, 3-1, three, three, yeah. Yeah. He needs to remember it. He can remember all of his goals, can't he, Chris Brown? Because he didn't, he didn't score that many. He said so it. That's how harsh on him. He's self-described as a defensive forward, isn't he? So he's all right. He's a, a proper team player, Brownie. But yeah, good lad. A top lad. So is Brownie on? Where's Brownie? Is he coming on or not? No, no. I think they're both recording tonight. So no, no Brownie or Parky, unfortunately. But um, question for you, Neil: In these uh, heading into these big games, how how different is preparation? Um, Obviously, got a league campaign to think about as well. But when you got a Premier League side, big boys as well coming coming into your back garden, um, is preparation any different? 
Not really. I, th- I think the biggest thing is the mentality because you want to sort of say, well, we, we want to beat you. We want to show you that we are good enough to compete against a Premier League team. I can only think back to, to my time against the Premier League teams that we played, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, this one against Spurs. And you want it to be, you want it to show the quality that you had to be able to beat them. Um, and ultimately it was different as well, because back then when we played Spurs in this in this League Cup, we'd just been in the playoffs the season before. So our, our, we were all thinking, get back in the playoffs. And we genuinely thought we could get promoted. Um that was the season Irvine left and Ferguson came in. But the current group, I know they're in a position of two points outside the playoffs, but they've never been in the playoffs. So, so they're not in a position where they genuinely believe they can get in the playoffs because they've not done it. Whereas when we played against Spurs, we'd just done it the season before. And we were thinking, bang, we're, we're, we're on it again this season for top six. So that was the difference in mentality, I think. I think as well, I think we'd only lost one game in, in the league heading into that game against Spurs. So, you know, you, you talk about mentality and belief and there's no reason to think why we couldn't go and beat a, a Spurs side that probably had six, seven, eight changes. Um, I mean, you look at the lineup now, you obviously got Gareth Bale playing, but I think that was probably his breakout season. I don't think he was as solid described before. I don't think he was the force that we've come to know him as um, before he retired. The, the, the thing was, the League Cup was known to for teams to rotate. Spurs never did. They went with Crouch and Defoe up top. And I know Robbie Keane came off the bench. That that was a strong side that, that they had. And I think it'll be the same again at Deepdale at the weekend in the FA Cup because Spurs, the FA Cup this season, that's that's an important trophy for them. They're not going to win the league, not going to win the Champions League. Or, I know they're still in it, but they're not. And and so the FA Cup is the most realistic trophy for them to win. So so I think they'll come strong at Deepdale at the weekend. And Harry Kane, I know, did he equal Jimmy Greaves' record? Deepdale could be the place where history is made and, and he does break the record. Um and score a goal to to break that Tottenham record. I think Kane will play. I think we'll see a few big hitters there because Spurs know they they can't afford to um, to slip up at Preston at the weekend. Yeah, I think they weren't quite strong against Portsmouth in the last round. Um, I know Kane scored then as well. Uh, I think Son played. So yeah, I, I would imagine they'd go pretty pretty strong. And you know, let's be honest, these Premier League teams, even if they do rotate, they've they've got enough quality and depth, haven't they? Yeah, but you prefer to, to see someone like, I don't know, like a Richarlison than a Harry Kane. Harry Kane's one of the best strikers in the world. So if he plays, um, I think that becomes a tougher proposition for Brest. I think the, I don't know what you think the the best scenario would be, but I think a draw. I think if Preston can get a replay and the money involved, which the sad reality of, of football is now, that could be the difference of Preston getting somebody late on in the window or not. Uh, with the money that could be generated from the possibility of a, of a replay, as, as maybe crazy as that may sound to some people, if Preston were to get a draw, go down to the, the Spurs stadium, the money involved there, all of a sudden Lowy could be given extra cash t- to bring somebody in that he wouldn't have been able to do had he uh, had he have not got a draw. But it'll still be tough to get a draw against a strong Spurs team, I think, at the weekend. I'm holding out for a draw just because I'd like a trip down down to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, to be honest. There There's that reason as well to play there and watch down there, yeah. It's not like you, Jake. You've not been... Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Go past Sean at Richard's services. <laughs> or, or whatever. Done Wolves this season, Sally. That's all right. <laughs> not south of Birmingham, though. Yeah. With these big games, when I mean, you're playing someone, especially at home, um, 
is it about is it about staying in the game or is it about like going out and probably early on and trying to get a, an early goal to hang on to? Because um, I don't really know how how we're going to approach it really. Because a lot of the games we do tend to sit in, and I know Spurs kind of do that as well, don't they? You know, we five at the back, so I don't know how we go about it. You know, is it about first twenty minutes firing? firing all cylinders trying to get a goal or is it just about trying to stay in the game as long as possible? I think with the better teams you always want to stay in the game but the difference is Spurs have been renowned this season for conceding that first goal so, so I think that could come into the team talk listen they, they don't start games well if we get that first goal it makes it a lot harder for them to uh, to get results so that may well come into Lowy's team talk at some point and as a player thinking we could get at these but if the manager's saying we have to sit back, we have to sit back. So it'd be interesting to see how the manager decides to um, to approach the game. I suppose the team sheets will, will probably dictate that, you know, depending on how strong Spurs are. We're certainly going to be strong, but they could surprise us and make a few changes. Or maybe in areas that, that Preston think, OK, we can really get out of that position or that area. But yeah, I mean, it's at home. It'd be cracking atmosphere. The fans will be up for it. What is it? A six o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. You know, Spurs will bring a few as well, um, and, and it's nice to have a, a big club at, at Deepdale and and hopefully give them a decent game. Are you worried that Lowy might be taking your your gig at Sky Sports? I see he's on he's on um, <laughs> soccer special tonight. Yeah, I've just seen him on there now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's um, in the studio rather than being on a cold gantry somewhere, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you guys see more of Preston. I've, I've obviously seen, I keep an eye on the results course. I do, I look out for Preston all the time. But what, what I've made of Lowy at Preston is he's put himself in a position to potentially have an unbelievable season. And an unbelievable season for me would be to see Preston in the playoffs. And and whether the fans expect that, I don't think they do. I think it, I think they do see it as an. I hope they do anyway. An incredible achievement to get in the top six because of how competitive it will be. I think Burnley and Sheffield United are going to be too tough to catch. But you look at some of the teams that Preston have got to finish above to get in the playoffs this season. Your Norwiches, West Broms, Middlesbrough. Um, who else is in the mix? I think Blackburn or Dip. I think Preston can finish above Blackburn. Um, Watford. But, but, Watford, but there's some some big clubs up there with big budgets. You know, look at Middlesbrough, a, a playoff rival, and they took Archer, which I think he would have been the difference for Preston getting into the playoffs, but it wasn't to be. He's gone there. He's on the bench at the moment. He'll get in the team. He'll score goals and could prove to be some vital goals for Middlesbrough. But so so to go back to Lowy, I look at Lowy and think he's done a good job to put Preston in a position to potentially get in the playoffs. Yes, there's been some bad results along the way, Listening to the, the one against Norwich the other week was thinking 4-0 at deep down. That doesn't happen, but it did. But responded really well to beat Birmingham last week, last weekend. So um that's the championship, as you know. Some big games to look forward to. Blackpool still to come, isn't there? At Deep Dale. Burnley away. I remember uh, going to Burnley away and winning. That was a good one for Preston. Um so some big games to look forward to, and there's still a lot to play for for Preston this season. FA Cup run, always nice. To beat Spurs, it'd be nice. I think the ultimate aim is the playoffs, isn't it? If Preston can be within touching distance, last five, six games to be in those playoffs, I think that's a good season. What do you make of the home form um, in comparison to the away form? Obviously, um, away from home, we can do no wrong, whereas at Deepdale, it's um, it's a real struggle. What what? Take us into the dressing room. Why does that happen? 
I don't know, but what I did look at the home form and think that's a double take. It was like three wins in 14 games. That's that's not good. Um, thankfully, the away form has been better. I think the big factor has been goals, lack of goals scored. Um, that's an area Preston have to improve on. I know he's brought players in in this window, unproven players at this level. So I don't know how good they'll be in terms of contributing for goals, but they're going to have to if Preston are to, uh, to achieve the playoffs. I've liked the lab. When I've watched him before, obviously didn't get many goals at Stoke, but matured and got used to the level a little bit more. I don't know a lot about Cannon. I have to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, obviously, the big one was was Archer, which never got over the line. So, um, yeah, home form's not being good enough. It has to improve. Why? I don't know. Lack of goals is a big factor. Maybe the first goal as well in games. You know, Preston haven't been doing that enough at home. Um, so if that can improve between now and the end of the season... That could be a factor why Preston do get in and around the playoffs as well. Can it can it be something that can maybe get into some players' heads playing at home? You know, when when your record's not as good as ours hasn't been. Um, do you think that's something that some players can can be guilty of focusing too much on? No, I hope not. No, because you're at home. You're absolutely buzzing to be at home. You've got you you've you've got majority of the fans on your side. You're not getting booed and caned every time you take a corner or throw, and you've got everyone on your side. So um, no, home the home is is the advantage. We used to love it because whilst it wasn't a sellout like a, like it probably might be against Spurs, a big crowd, you're at home and having that advantage. So. Um, yeah, I'd like to think it's not it's not mental mental in terms of the players thinking, oh, can't wait till we play away. Because you're at home, the fans are on your side and want to see you win. And rather than away where you're getting booed and hammered when you're taking throw-ins and corners and, and that sort of thing. It is weird though, because when, when you were playing, Neil, we were like, and, and before that, obviously when we were reaching the playoffs and stuff, it was all about our home form. It was all about Deepdale and you know, the old deep down under the lights on a Tuesday, we went so long without losing and stuff. Whereas now, I mean, if you, you know, take COVID as part of it as well, but home form is, it's not been great for a long time, which is just so weird for, for Preston, especially now we're really good away for a club our size. You think, you know, smallish club, it's all about making Deep Bell a fortress, but we just can't seem to do it at the minute. It's, yeah, it's very yeah. Odd. Well, well, I'm going to ask you a quiz question, but but the the home the home form also could be a disadvantage for some of the bigger sides where the expectancy is like we've got to be winning, we've got to be beating Luton, we've got to be beating Huddersfield, even Preston maybe come into that category where the big teams thinking that they've got to be turning teams like that over when they are at home, and and all of a sudden that pressure may get to some of those teams. So I've seen that in the championship before. But quiz question for you, you mentioned that unbeaten home record. We used to speak about that in the changing rooms and how oh, we never lose on, on a Tuesday night under the lights. Who did we get beat to? Who was in goal for Preston and who got the goal for the opposition? So there's three points available. There's three of you. One, you can each get one right each. I'm not after the season. Well, you give us the year. Give us the year and I will be able to... It was my year, so I don't know the year, but I know the team, the goalkeeper, and the goal scorer. So come on. So my year is Lonna's in there. There you go. There's one point. Lonna's in goal. Who was the opposition? The goal was an absolute screamer. It was about a 30, 40 yarder. Lobbed him. Maybe Lonna should have saved it. If he's listening, Lonna, you should have saved that. They're in the championship at the moment. There's no way they're getting promoted and they're not getting relegated. I'm going to have a guess uh, at Coventry. 
No, but they're in trouble this year. They could go down. This team have got no chance of going down or getting promoted. Cover will be all right, I reckon. Yeah, no problem. problem. This team, you don't want to go there because it's such a long journey as well. Norwich. They've got a chance of going up. They don't Bristol, fall in. Bristol City. Swansea. Swansea. You've got Swansea. There you go. Nailed it with Swansea. Brownie. Now you've got to think about. Oh, I mean, it wasn't. He was basically giving us the answer, pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you got it. Yeah. This is terrible. Wow. So you got Lonners, you got Swansea, the goal scorer. I mean, to be fair, he wasn't a well-known player, I don't think, but he scored from 35, 40 yards. It was a de- decent goal. I don't remember this game at all. No, <laughs> not the foggiest. Okay, right. Well, I'll tell you because you, you haven't got a clue. I think we lost. Might have been two now, and it, his name was. Bode, something like that. Remember? <laughs> I don't even know his name, but someone will know. Someone listening will go, yeah, there you go. That was the one. Sure, it was Bode or something like that. Centre mid. And he scored from long distance for Swansea. Google him. Bode. I've Googled him. Oh. Ferry Bode. Dutch midfield player. There you go. Ferry. How, how, how are you spelling Bode, Miles? B-O-double-D-E. There you go, yeah. He scored an absolute beauty against us. Right, quiz over. There yeah, you go. Cheers for that, Mel's. Yeah. Um, prediction. What, what do you prediction? Oh, I'd take a 3 0 draw so Preston fans get a good cheer <laughs> a few times and then get the, the draw as well to get the, the money in for the uh, for the replay. Um, yeah, I would like a draw. I'd love to see Preston win, of course, but yeah, I'm going to go for. Well, if Harry Kane plays, I think Spurs win. But it'd only be by one goal. But I'd love to see a draw. Thank you Where, Where's Mel's? Where's Mel's on Saturday then? Yeah, I'm at a game. So I'll be listening to it on the radio when I come back. Uh, if you want to play, I'll, I'll make it um, <laughs> challenging for you to get. Hope, I hope you're better at that than you are at that quiz. Absolutely <laughs> awful, lads, OK? Awful. Yeah, we've had a shocker there, to be fair. Yeah. We've had a shocker. Yeah. Right, Cheers, can I, can I leave you all and, and say all the best to you? Yeah. yeah, nice one. Thank you very much, Neil. Top Dude, stuff. That's all the best. All right. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. He's made us look like <laughs> I was at uni that season. I hardly remember any of that season. Fuck's sake. To be fair, I uh, I pride myself on on that sort of shit. I was yeah. Neil him here, and I, and he's done me the bastard. Never liked him. <laughs> <laughs> We may as well carry on with Spurs briefly then. Um, what, what do you reckon to the game on Saturday? Would you both take a draw? Of course, yeah. I'm 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 proper up for it, mate. I think thinking would you a cup run? I don't think we've had one in my lifetime. We play some big teams at home, but we've not really gone quite far. I'd love to just go on a proper journey with it, see where we go, make a bit of money. Have some good memories because it's pretty dull at the minute, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, let's have some. Let's have I think some the annoying thing out. for me, we always seem to get the big teams at home. Yeah, it's absolutely infuriating. Yeah, if you are going to get a big team and therefore usually knocks out the cup, then please just make us, you know, just give us that day out or give us a tick at least. Like the, if you were to, if you were told or asked. And the perfect way that you'd uh, end this cup tie, it would be a draw at Deepdale. You may be even scoring a last-minute leveller. 
and you take that momentum into the replay and you win at Tottenham. Um, and then, yeah, that's just the perfect way you'd, um, you'd, you'd go about it, isn't it? Harry, Harry um, Kane putting them 1-0 up. With the with the record breaking goal, and then why why do we care about a record for Tottenham? Tottenham yeah, we just we just go down in the history books, won't we? And the yeah, that... people who've mentioned this to me about yeah. oh, it'd be great if deep there was the ground. Why? <laughs> give yeah. a toss. If anything, it's 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 a thing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Kane turns up and doesn't score, and I hope North End win. Yeah, I know, yeah. That's it. about Harry Kane scoring. If Harry Kane (laughs) scores, then we've not done our job properly. The thing is, Kane seems to play every single minute for Tottenham. He doesn't even get taken off. So he's pretty much guaranteed to play. Um, He played and scored against Pompey, didn't he? So he's not going to play against us. And they want to give Richarlison some minutes because he's been injured. So you're looking at Son. He's in dire form, Son. I think he'll take him out of the firing line, to be honest. So I don't think we're in for an easy ride at all. Predictions? 3-1 defeat. Um, I, I think there's nothing to fear whatsoever. I, I think it'll be a close game. I think we'll win it. I genuinely do. I, um, I'm not scared one iota of Tottenham. Like, Mello were talking up there like they're an absolute, like, like will beat us there. I think they're brittle. I think they're going to turn up to Deepdale. Atmosphere is going to be raucous. And I think they'll shit themselves. I really do. I think we'll beat Tottenham. Why not? I Why think, not? I, don't, I really don't look at Tottenham and think, bloody hell, fire Tottenham are coming to town. Dilap and or Cannon to get off the mark? Well, Dilap can't play, so that really would oh, be a shit, yeah, of course he can't. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the romantic within me would like Cannon to score, yeah. Um, I I honestly think it's our time to beat a big club at Newdale. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But... And we came close against Arsenal. You could argue that Arsenal then were quite similar to Tottenham now. I know they don't, they didn't have that sort of number nine, but they did have Giroud, who's proved out to be an half decent player. World that Cup first win. half against Arsenal was one of the best first halves in. In a long time, wasn't it? We absolutely destroyed him. It was. And we had McGeady and we had, you know, Robbo. We had uh, Hugo. Yeah. yeah. Hugo had, and Pearson. A Pearson was a class that night as well. Yeah. yeah. We had a better team then, but there's no no reason why the atmosphere can't be the same. It was a raucous atmosphere that night. Um, one of the, one of the few the that sticks in the mind at Deepdale, where you've, you've come off thinking, do you know what? That in that ground tonight was exactly what you want it to be like week in, week out. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. We um all you want ultimately is to come off and, and be proud and you can say that, you know what, well, we're gonna Tottenham a real good game there. But I don't see any reason whatsoever that Tottenham are gonna turn up and just absolutely drub us like they did in two thousand and nine. Um yeah, I'm I'm absolutely bang up for it. I I'd love Spurs supporters to be coming out at tunnel to warm up and they're getting absolute pelters. are going back in there. You know, we're running the faces. We come out to warm up and there's a massive raucous cheer around the ground. Real carnival atmosphere. I'm bang up for the cup. I want it to be now. I want to, <laughs> so I'm going to drive to Deepdale now. What, what, I'm, uh, I'm bang up for it. Why what's not? What's your score prediction? 
I think we'll win. I think we'll win two 0 I don't think Harry Kane will break the record. Um, I I genuinely think we'll draw. I think it's about time we get to play a big team in the cup away from home. I think I think we'll take them down down to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think it'll be two two. Do you reckon there'll be any changes? Or do you reckon he'll? I think he'll go quite strong. He's got to, hasn't he? Yeah. Say that. I thought Alex would have when we played City, and he made quite a few changes. I think he made like six or seven, didn't he? So Alex Neil, you never know. Um, tended to show cup competitions utter contempt. Yeah, it was one of the few drawbacks of his era: the complete lack of respect for cups. I remember yeah. leaving Dean on multiple occasions, absolutely seething with him. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, those were the days. Let's let's move on then. Um, I think it'd be remiss of us not to talk about WhatsApp Gate as um christening it. Uh, obviously, we don't want to say too much, given that it is in the hands of the police at the moment. So we are led to believe. But what what's your take on it from from a fan's point of view? And as well, if you can, what what's your take on it from the outside looking in? I know that's maybe a hard well, thing. Well, it's, it's embarrassing if you're looking in, isn't it? You know, if you've got... Yeah, maybe it's not hard. That That's <laughs> the is. situation, embarrassing. I do think, though, there's a real disconnect. It's, we're in a bit of a pickle, aren't we, as a club? Like, there's there's almost people out there to get Ridsdale, like a bit of entrapment or, or something like that, or, or to, out there to get the owners. And I think as soon as that sort of festering, it's not it's not a happy camp, is it? which is is unfortunate. But, you know, it, it is on the club to manage that situation well. And I think that the statement that came out today is more in line with what the club should be doing rather than a statement about a rumour on a forum and, you know, it backfiring on that part. I, I just think it's just a little bit tin pot, all that. Yeah, my take on it was that it was an absolute lot of shite, really. Um, I thought... It was pathetic for more concerned. And that's Ridsdale, and it's the fans, and it's the reaction on Twitter. I just find it all genuinely energy sapping. I find it horrible. Um, and yeah, O'Brien is right there that, of course, as people are out to get Ridsdale, it was the same with McAvoy, it was the same with Neil. Uh, once you want people out of the club, they just don't stop. It's relentless tweeting whether that be during the game or, or after games all week. You know, you got people making multiple accounts, tweeting absolute shite all week. I think Twitter, as honestly, well, to, to, put, to put Pete, I know, I know he, he, he comes on here, doesn't he? And, or uh, it, whatever other platforms he, he engages with. And, and he makes, probably makes a joke at the fact that half of the city's got his number but I do think it's out of order to put his number on Twitter um, it know. is but why Why is he getting involved in all that I just uh, well, don't, this, I, this I don't was going to be this it. was going to be my next point besides all of that why, why is he why is he getting involved like, yeah. he's the director of football at the club he's 70 years old it can't be doing him any good to be getting so embroiled with 
fans on social media and texting people back and forth. And I just think there's better things that a director of football at a championship club can be doing with the time, to be perfectly honest. And, and sorry, sorry. No, I was just going to say, well, also things can be taken out of context. You can do a little snapshot of a tweet or an email or a WhatsApp message and you can kind of fix it to your own agenda all you want. And he, he then isn't, he isn't owning that, you know, comment that he's done because it can be manipulated in, in any which way that anybody wants it to be. So I just think he's, it, it was inevitable something like this would happen and, and it will happen again, you know, because there are people out there to, to openly, like I say, it does seem as though there was a little bit of entrapment going on and, why why get involved in it? You know, so what if there's someone commenting on the forum about a player who's who's leaving? That happens every single day. You know, so to me, it's just completely blown out of proportion. And and it just it, the whole thing, like Solly says, is just complete embarrassment to me. It is, yeah. The Facebook stuff, it, re- it really shouldn't be getting involved on the forum. Um <laughs> But he just can't help himself, really. And to be fair, I can totally understand where he's coming from. When you go on the forum and you read the absolute garbage that's written on there, and it must eat away at him that he wants to correct it. Of course it would, because he's in the know. Um, and, and, the, and the WhatsApp stuff, giving out his number, I believe that it all is genuinely in good heart like he wants to he wants to speak to supporters he means well by doing it it's just really not wise it's not a wise thing to do like you go on the forum you put and you put a bloke straight uh, with uh, with some nonsense that he's come out with and then all of a sudden you get people annoyed because they're not able to spout their absolute nonsense that he tried to come out with um on a daily basis with their narrative on twitter or or whatever so yeah um, if I was related to Risdale or close to Risdale, I'd just say to him, look, just come off everything. Come off Twitter, come off Facebook. Don't be texting supporters back. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of people complain that the club aren't, aren't up front, but I, I reckon that he deserves a lot of credit. I genuinely do for trying to uh, communicate with supporters. It's unprecedented for a chief exec, whatever he is, at a football club to speak to the average Joe. I think I think it's great, and I genuinely think he means well. But he can't win by doing it because people want his head. So he needs to stop doing it ultimately. Uh, which is a massive shame. It's a shame that people abuse that, isn't it? Like get his number and text him and and try to entrap entrap him on Twitter. It's it's pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you both saw the other day, but. The uh, the club have also updated their charter about fan engagement and that there'll no longer be any fans forums. What what's your take on that? Well, I think it was um, I think it was ever so predictable. Um, and the thing is, you've got you've got some members of supporters. Let's take it as the um, supporters collective or the underground, as they were once known. Um, and you've got them slating the football club, literally everything about the football club on the, on the personal accounts on Twitter. Perfectly fine. Not got an issue with that. If you've got an issue with the uh, with the football club, then that's absolutely fine. It's your own opinion. You pay your hard-earned money to have that opinion. No problem whatsoever. What I can understand uh, the club doing, though, 
he's reading that and thinking, why the hell should I have any sort of dialogue with these people? Slating me constantly, wanting me out of my job. Um, so I've got, well, it was just predictable, wasn't it? Um, and I genuinely, I, I honestly believe that those people meant well when they tried to uh, open up this dialogue with a football club. Um, because they all, I imagine, care about the club, are big fans, you know, pay hard and money, go home and away. But um, it could have been done so much better, you think. Um, and, um, and, you know, they might be listening to this and thinking, well, you've done absolutely nothing. Um, so, you know, until you do something, then you, you don't necessarily, um, you shouldn't have that opinion. But um, I'd... I'd I think there's scope there to have a supporters group, but um, I don't think you can have your cake and eat it and slate the football club all week and then go and uh, go and uh, try and have reasonable conversations with them. You, life just doesn't work out that way. Um, so I'm not surprised that the club have stopped it. It's a massive shame for uh, the supporters. What, on a broader note, I'd, I'd question... Um, a fans forum anyway. I mean, it's it t- tends to be the Andrew Wood show, really. Um, and if you get ridiculous questions asked, I don't think anything really comes... I don't think you get the big topic spoken about. It's the same old stuff about fan zone, which have done well in clearing up today in that, in that um, statement they released. So, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's up to the press, really, to ask those hard-hitting questions. Um, George, yeah, if you're that's my man. take on it. That's my take on it, anyway. Uh, I know there's plenty of people who completely disagree. I do think, though, I think you do need that open that transparency, really. You know, as much as they don't really serve a purpose, it's kind of saying, you know, we're willing to meet you and we're going to answer all your questions no matter what. To turn around and say well, we're only going to do it on our terms, naturally just seems a little bit defensive. And it, it then then makes people think, is there something going on that it shouldn't be? Or are they trying to hide away from, from difficult questions? Because if you look at it in the past, the training ground, the fan zone, um, signings, whatever's been said in these forums is always brought back up again to kind of say, oh, well, you know, you promised this and you didn't do it. So is it better to just say nothing? But obviously it's not better to say nothing because you need to engage with your fans. So it's a difficult balancing act that the club have got when, you know, there's obviously not that lot of money going round in order to spend. So do they want to say and overpromise things or would they rather just keep quiet? Yeah, I agree it's a dangerous precedent to set in terms of um not having your fans form. It's a reason that it's um, a requirement. By the EFL, I think, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I don't that. think. I don't think a fans forum, in the traditional sense that we're thinking of, is a requirement. I think just fan engagement of some kind, which if right. they're meeting with uh, PSC or if the if Peter's coming on air, for example, um, not that that's happening as far as I'm aware, anytime soon. I think. I think it's fan engagement that is a necessity. So if they can show that they're doing some kind of engagement, then that ticks the box, if that makes sense. 
yeah i suppose do they see it as though well we're already doing a lot of work with you know the supporters collective so you know we don't need to put any more time I think, in it i think it's the issue in the situation but it's not speaking to all fans is it no i was gonna say i think the issue that comes from that is you know even like coming on here yeah we've got well we might not anymore after not post, putting an episode out for a couple of months but we've got you know a decent listener base but it's not the entire fan base equally twitter doesn't reflect the entire fan base facebook doesn't re- reflect the entire fan base the forum pna online doesn't reflect the entire fan base so i think that's why not having the fans forums is is dangerous because yes they might not serve a purpose ultimately but there will be a section of the supporters that only look to the club for news and updates and information and if they're putting out that there's a fans forum with Peter Ridsdale and Ryan Lowe, they might not go on Twitter, they might not have Facebook, they might not read the forum, they might not listen to the podcasts. That, to them, might be their only engagement with the club that they look to look forward to twice a year. So I think I think it is, I think it is poor of the club to say that they're not going to do them anymore. Um, as much as obviously I enjoy having club representatives come on the podcast because it's good for listeners, but. Yeah, I do. I do think it's a wrong call. It's it's a two fingers up to, let's say, our traditional fan base who wouldn't necessarily be listening to a podcast or tuning into TikTok or listening to the the weekend warm up. You know, to them, this is their opportunity to get in front of the club and actually hear people say stuff. And if you take that away, I think you kind of it's a bit of a two fingers up to. You know that traditional core support, in my opinion. Um, so I, I just overall think it's a really poor move, and I'd like them to reconsider it definitely because they should be using all those platforms. It's not a case of picking one or saying that oh, we put a podcast, we spoke on a podcast this week, so we've got no need to speak to people. Should be open dialogue all the time because you know these are paying customers in the, the day. Yeah, I completely agree with those points. Yeah. What What do you make? Um, of a fan group, like what? How how do you boys view it? Because for the reasons that we've just mentioned, they're they're not the voice of the fans, um, regardless of what the club think. Um, do you think there's scope to go about having a fans group or a supporters group in a different way to what we've got at the moment? Yeah, I think the scope. I think it's really tricky because obviously you're gonna get a complete a complete array of opinions, aren't you? Yeah, and, and, and it's a thankless task, isn't it? You know, oh, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get some fans who voice their opinion, but will want nothing to do with any kind of group that forms. Yeah, um, you'll get some fans that will want to be involved, and then you'll get other fans that just aren't asked either way. Yeah, you're right. Um, of course, it will. Those lads at the um, at the collective will obviously be spending a lot of their own time, which I commend because uh, they are trying to make a difference for the football club. But I just think they rub a lot of people up the wrong way, um, and of course, I've rubbed the club up the wrong way, uh, really, because you can't have it where you're all relatively like-minded. And you've all got opinions about the club, and you and you all tweet on your personal accounts. But then, like when you come together with the club, you try and have that open dialogue. It just doesn't work like that. 
Um, so, yeah. I think the scope to have a fan group, but the issue is, and like you said, Jake, not everyone will want to be a part of one. Um, not not everyone will want to sort of speak to other supporters who don't necessarily have the same opinion as theirs. Um, it's really difficult. And I don't envy it, uh, anyone trying to do it. Um, and I suppose... I suppose before I came on, I I didn't quite realise that, that that the fans forums offer that opportunity as a as a collective group to come together and speak to the club because uh, you can obviously get uh, a real array of opinions on it. So yeah, uh, my eyes have been opened a little bit, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I I wouldn't know how to go about. <clears throat> You know, making a real um, fan group that can represent everybody is a, it's a thankless task. I think it's difficult because you've got, you know, if you have too many people with different opinions, it kind of doesn't serve its purpose because you don't get anywhere. You don't agree on anything. But at the same time, if you have too many people with the same opinions, you then become your own little echo chamber, really, when you're kind of putting forward ideas without necessarily considering the whole fan group as much as you can. Um, and then you're kind of pushing forward ideas that probably people don't really, you know, it, it, it's like the petition that's been going around, you know, if you were on social media or on the forum or whatever, you'd kind of have the opinion that everybody would sign that petition. Um, but there's only like 300 odd people that have signed it. So, you know, you can get, conf- you can get carried away with kind of, I don't want to sound bad, but it's kind of, like I say, in your own little echo chamber, you can kind of get a little bit carried away on what you actually think is right or or what people feel. Um, you know, if it's something more diverse and you've got different opinions, it's a lot better. But on the flip side of that, you won't get anywhere on making any decisions. So it's difficult. And unlike Solly, I completely respect and people willing to put up their own time to to make things better. I just think that I don't know. I don't know. Is it working in its current format? I'm not 100 percent sure. I think yeah. I think that's the question, isn't it? Is it working, and and is it worth? Is it worthwhile? But that's for other people to decide, not us. If the window closed now, obviously Cannon and Delap in, would you view it as a successful window with that business done? No major departures. Two strikers brought in. Um, or would you think it's just mediocre, not good enough? My what? expectations of the club and signings these days have completely... Uh, I don't even know what's good anymore, to be honest. Um, sorry, Solly. No, I'm more the same as you, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that question, really. I think it's quite clear that that we need that we need to bolster in certain places, most notably right wing back. I know I know Alan Brown is is a, a capable right wing back. Um not entirely sure when he comes up against a proper winger whether we'll all agree on that. Um like we saw him get torn a new one by Dean Garner for West Brom, didn't we, early on in the season at Deep Down. Yeah. Crikey. It wasn't good viewing. Um and we tried Bambo there against Norwich in some sort of uh well <laughs> no idea. No less idea said, what less said about that, the better, I think. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and of course, pots, but it's just so limited, isn't it? It's bit pot. We um, we should be going out and, and getting a proper right wing back. Alan Brown, in my opinion, has still got something to offer in the centre of the park. I know it's a outdated view nowadays, but I genuinely do believe that that would be a better team if Brown was in the middle alongside McCann and and Whiteman when he's fit or Johnson, whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's clear when he plays. Ryan Lowe knows that, um, but. He's towing the party line. I don't expect him to come out and say that he's absolutely seething. Yeah, I thought that was odd. You know, like people have kind of been criticising him for, and believe me, I I can criticise low, but I think um, people have been criticising him for saying that he's happy with the right. Well, what's he going to say? He's not going to come out and go. I'm absolutely disgusted by the fact that the club haven't got me a right wing back yet. He's just not going to say that, is he? So he's going to try and keep it a happy camp as long as possible. So I think it's a little bit unfair to, for people to be picking up on that, to be honest. Um, I, I think, I know January isn't the window to do it, but I just think more long-term is an issue for me. You know, how many loan signings we've got, you know, other people in, out of contracts in the summer, you just put an extra pressure on how big the summer transfer window is going to be. So a little bit of forward thinking wouldn't, wouldn't go um, amiss really. I just think, you know, like Reese got injured, it's, it's a loan signing. Um, you know, so I don't know. Like, like Solly, I just don't even, what, what's a good window for us these days? I genuinely don't even know. It, it, it seems as though it's, we go from window to window, sticking plasters on things rather than actually yeah. trying to work out what our long term plan is. Yeah, that's, I think that's perfect somewhere. I find it, it just... hard to comprehend how we ever went away from doing what we did under Grayson, which was bringing in young lads, trying to develop them and then, and then sell them on. It's, um, it's well, what... even Whiteman and Reese, even the white, you know, Whiteman, Reese, yeah. those type of signings, like the club came out or I think it was Lowe came out and said, oh, gone are the days of us spending million on Whiteman or, or McCann. Well, 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 Reese, someone came in for Reese at the, the summer window and you know rumors of belief someone's coming in from a, uh, for whiteman now well that's the only way you're going to make money the accounts that came out you know three hundred thousand in, in that year you know, just selling stockley you know and the club comes out and, and you know we, we all appreciate the, the money that the family put in but you know you, you're gonna have to speculate to accumulate to some extent you can't keep on loan signing loan players and expecting us to get money back through player sales it's just impossible so you know, if you're if you're selling Whiteman this window and Reese in the summer, sure you look back and go, oh, you know what? It's probably right that we're investing a little bit of money in buying players. Um, I just I just don't see what, what the plan is. Um, but you know, it's the only nice way to be self sustainable. Yeah, be nice that's... to sign a player on a contract, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Who was the last one? Well, uh, Die Cornell uh, probably. No, I was going to say, apart from the freeze in the summer of obviously, although well, I was that, I was McCann, wasn't it? I think I don't think Woodman was a free, was he? Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, sorry, sorry. I get Woodman and Woodburn mixed up all the time. It's horrendous. Well, one's a goalkeeper. Sorry. Yeah, we paid for Woodman. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I meant in the name, not on the field of play. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Um, yeah, it would have been. It would have been Woodman then, wouldn't it? 
And then I think, yeah, Brownie before that, McCann. Mm. I mean, the Wood- Woodman is a, is a good signing, isn't it? But, Very. Um, I just think- so is Ali. So is so is Emil. You know, we we've got a track record of making good signings, just not enough of them. Well, Whiteman, yeah, Whiteman's a top player, and I actually would agree if we, if we sold him because I just think that's the way to go. I mean, what is he touching twenty seven? Yeah, but I know I know you're going to say no, but I think from a from a business perspective, to sell him and reinvest just makes perfect sense. Especially, like you say, given the finances that came out the other day, it makes the most sense because we can't sell a meal. He's he's out for the rest of the season, and I think there's probably a question mark over whether or not he goes in the summer, given that he's what two goals, three wow. goals. Well, also he's injured. He, yeah, he no, might, that's what I mean. Like yeah. he, he he's got a handful of goals, and he's played about half a season this season so is there really going to be much um, clamour for his signature in the summer probably not make no mistake I want Whiteman to stay but if that money was banded around then Christ it's absolutely no brainer that you just say yes to that uh, and obviously the player would want to go anyway wouldn't he because they're flying at Fulham or, or even Watford there's a good chance they'll go up this season so the thing is, as well, it helps you buying players. You know, if you're a club that's willing to go, you know what, we'll get you to that next step. Like we've done with goalkeepers, really. We've become a little bit of a club where, you know, Woodman would have looked at us and gone, looked at the success of the other keepers and gone, well, that's probably one of the reasons why he came. So if you put yourself forward as one of those clubs that, all right, when when it's, when it's we're ready to let go, we will let go. You know, and I think you'll get way more buy-in and, and people come in. You know, they may, they may take less money, you know, salary-wise to come. Because they know that they're on a bit of a journey there, rather than, like I say, sticking plasters and. I think as well that that would probably help to build up a bit of trust with the fans that we do know what we're doing when it comes to buying and selling. Um, whereas recently it's felt a bit all over the place, especially when we had that period where we're buying players or bringing in players that had little to no potential resale value you know like bringing in pots uh i just had a list of names in my head then but they've completely gone well out. the stockley raft yeah stockley raft yeah complete waste of money and time on it let's be first face it i mean it's shown in the accounts in it uh shown in the accounts what, what an absolute disaster of a transfer period that was yeah um there's lots of other stuff that we could cover here, but one last one to finish on. Do you think we'll finish in the top six? No. No. And uh, it's been really good chatting to you both. Guys. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, th- I thought I'd see if either one of you was feeling slightly optimistic, but clearly not. Yeah, no, I, I think Mel's mentioned it before, didn't he? There's, you know, if, if we were to finish in the playoffs, there's a lot of good sides that would have to finish above. And I think while the manager isn't maybe everyone's cup of tea, I think it's fair to say he's doing a job with one hand tied behind his back and he's doing an okay job at the minute. You know, two points off the playoffs, 10th. Home form is obviously a a big issue. Um, But yeah, I think top six is definitely out of the question. So the the home form is the is the precise reason why we won't be in the top six. Because away form has been incredible, unprecedented. I've never seen anything like it. But of course, 
you can't afford to to allow teams to come and have a free for all at Deepdale and expect to be in the top six. It doesn't work like that. Having said that, we've still got an opportunity to do it, but you just don't. You just don't. All sort of learned observers of of playoff teams um, would imply would tell us that. Um, we're just not it. You just know when you're watching a playoff bound team and, and, and we're not that at the moment. Yeah. I, said that, I think we'll beat Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need a playoffs. We're going to Wembley anyway, so it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, we're doing a Wigan. <laughs> oh, um, I love that. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Good to be back. Good to see and hear you both. And... Um, I'm not going to commit to weekly episodes just because of how much I've still got going on at the minute at home, but I shall endeavour to do weekly episodes. Um, there's enough of us in the group chat now, I think, to to cobble together some kind of episode. So, yeah, we'll hopefully be back next week. Really, really selling it, Jay. Oh, no, Craig. <laughs> I'm One tired. Sure. It's been a long um, day. One thing's for sure, there will be an episode next week because we will beat Spurs. So you can expect an episode. See, if we get beat, don't expect one. But <laughs> if, uh, if we win, we'll be waxing lyrical. I was going to come back uh, after the Norwich game, but I thought, well, if we do that and it ends up being an hour of just moaning and whining, we'll <laughs> we'll get accused of just coming back to slag the club off and slag Ryan and the players off. Well, uh, it's better than... It's better than me being accused of, of only coming on this podcast after a win. Well, you have. You have done it again, haven't you? I know. I've, I've struck again. Sneaky song. Well, now you've committed to come on next week. We're definitely beating Spurs, aren't we? So it's oh, fine. Absolutely. I can't wait for it. I'm cutting down the the hours now until we're back on. Talking about beating Spurs. Last, Let's do last... it live in the Black Horse after the game. <laughs> Book that little booth out. Oh, that um, yeah, the horseshoe. Yeah, we could have a live audience. Oh, that, many people turning up for that, would the book? I think if you're there, there'd be plenty. <laughs> um, I don't think so. One, one for you, here, Sally. Before we go, your good friend Mr. Armour has chosen the pre-match music at Carlisle tonight. Yeah, have I saw you, that. Have you seen his choices? I, I have. Yeah. I've got them here. I'd like your uh, your opinions on it. Sunset Bros and Mark McCabe. I'm feeling it. Yeah, you might. There's a there's a common theme here. He's a little bit of a Rangers fan on the slide. Uh, so of course you've got the best by Tina Turner there. Yeah, Erasure. Like, a little respect. That is yeah. a tune to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Kasabian, Fire, Sophie Ellis, Bexter, Murder on the Dance Floor, The Cortinas. Are you in love with the notion? In Deep, Last Night, A DJ Saved My Life, yeah. Oasis, Supersonic, uh, Melody, Techno Disco Tool, Dennis Ferrer, Hey Hey, and like you said, Sally, Tina Turner, the best. Well, it looks like it sparks a real uh, celebration of football at Brunton Park. Anyway, it's currently 2-1 to Carlisle against Hartlepool. Um, any, no, Johnny Garner. Hunts uh, or Jams on the score sheet? No. No. Um, apparently, Hunts was given a hospital pass for Hart- Hartlepool's goal. Uh, but Garner's on the bench. Oh. Uh, Armour and 
Huntington are representing North End in the starting eleven, of course. Simpson on the sideline, so big North End connection, massive, and they absolutely hate North End, but they're yeah, they're cheering us on, aren't they? North well, End reserves at the minute. Well, I uh, I described it as a tribute band on Twitter. There, I don't think that <laughs> went down overly well with Jack, but uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. Talking of playlist, that absolute horrific dance hard house version that we come up to, someone needs to step in. It needs to go. That can't be on TV, that. Hannah, Ben, <laughs> if you're listening. Peter, if you're listening. Get that rid. cannot be on TV. Get, get rid, rid of it. <laughs> if Ryan's picking that, he needs to have a word with himself. <laughs> well, it's clearly him. Who else did it come from? <laughs> Ryan oh. Lowe is the best on earth, walking out to that. <laughs> yeah, boys, on that note, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Cheers. Good to be back. Good to have you back. I'll uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. See you later. Hi, I'm Reese, and this is our song Wise Man. the bomb.